0: Blog Talk Radio. How would you like to get the inside scoop on the secret sauce of show business? Imagine being ahead of the pack when it comes to knowing how to land that part you crave in that film, play, or TV program. Listen to the Inside Acting Radio Show hosted by William Powell, the king of DC media, at BlogTalkRadio.com. Search Inside Acting. Good evening, listeners. Welcome to this episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show, in which I interview actor producer Rob Patterson, the casting director of the science fiction drama Hamlet's Ghost, which tells the story of Judge Vaughn, a modern Shakespeare actor who becomes psychologically troubled while playing Hamlet on stage. His connection to the past takes him back to 1920, where he must unravel the mystery surrounding his past life and death. The film stars Cregan Dow as Jerry Vaughn and Ida Anderson as Hannah Falstaff. Now, this film is available on uh, Amazon Prime. And let me tell you a little bit about Rob. Now, he is uh, from Baltimore, and he performed under and was a teaching assistant to the founder of the improv troupe The Groundlings, Mr. Gary Austin. Uh, he has also appeared in films such as Grey Matter. Now, I see that Rob is on the line. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on the air. Good evening, sir. Hey, how are you, Will? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for coming on.
1: Good. Yeah, can you hear me all right? The connection's good.
0: Oh, it's absolutely crystal clear. So Excellent. talk about Excellent. how you, talk about how you wound up uh working with uh director uh Walter Haynes. Well,
1: basically, um we just met through mutual fl- friends and you know how these things go. You you meet somebody and you um uh, uh You have something in common, friends, you go hang out, whatever. And then the next thing you know, they're calling you for work. And that's what happened. (laughs) Basically, he needed a casting director. uh, And I had, I guess, recently talked to him before that point about having cast uh, Haunted, which was done by Victor Salva, the director of Jeepers Creepers. Um, And so I guess he just remembered that and said, hey, are you available to cast this movie? And it went from there.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. So now actually casting and assembling the cast, now I assume that uh, you saw a lot of actors for this film. And so what were some of the criteria you used to uh, choose your actors? Well, uh,
1: some of them were my own sort of standard of things that I thought would work. Uh, for the role as as described in, in, in the script, et cetera, that I talked about with the director. But some of it was his very specific criteria. Um, and so there, there were a lot of cases where I would say, look, here are these five people. What do you think? And he, <laughs> he would say, no, no, that's not what I wanted. And so we would <laughs> we would have to go around and around. So some of it was, was hunting tech um, because it was very nuanced and he had very you know, pronounced ideas in his mind. And, um, you know, they just, they weren't real some of them were easily hashed out in advance. Some of them were not. And then the other problem was we needed to get, obviously, you know, the way it is now, uh, especially with IMDB and the star meter ratings, et cetera. Uh, you have to have a certain number of people with name recognition uh, to try to help you with your screenings and distribution and all. And so we were trying to find as many of those as we could. And, one of the problems was that they, uh, a lot of them would sign on, but then they would get a larger project and pull out and we'd have to replace them. So wow. sometimes, yeah, <laughs> we went through three, uh, three Queens uh, uh, in the movie. Uh, and it wasn't that we didn't go to who we ended up with first out of not wanting to, we just didn't think she would be available. And so we went to mm. first, uh, uh, two 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 different actors um first was uh Ellen Cardona who was the one who played uh, in uh Chocolat with Johnny Depp she had a a project that the date changed and then we went to Tracy Scoggins you might remember from you know all those uh, da- not Dallas but um uh, not landing and all that back in the 80s but then she had a project yeah. that came up and so it, a friend overheard us talking at a party that we needed a queen. And he said, well, you know, I think Stephanie Zimblis might really like this. And he put us in touch. And next thing you knew there we had it. but so sometimes the criteria was, you know, figuring out on the fly because of schedules.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. It, it's a lot of, uh, I guess it's almost like a, a, a puzzle trying to put everything together, you know? You could say that again,
1: one of the funniest things was that a lot of the scenes were shot in Atlanta on location, and so uh-huh. uh walker and we, we were shooting some of this over christmas, and so Walker was in Atlanta, and I had flown from l a back to Baltimore to be with the family over christmas, and walker. <laughs> Walker had had a couple people in (laughs) mind already before I came on. He had a couple people in in mind, but he he still needed some other people. And the ones he thought were going to happen didn't materialize. So he basically said to me, (laughs) December 10th or something, hey, um, so can you get me uh, actors for these roles in Atlanta this weekend? So I'm doing casting calls for video auditions over the Internet, last minute over the holidays in a city I'm not even in. (laughs) It's crazy.
0: That's amazing. Man, that's fun. the virtual world we live in. That's the virtual world that. we live in, you know?
1: Yeah, you could say that again. That's the
0: truth. It's the total truth. Man, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? And so you have the improv background. So, like, were you uh, predisposed to looking at people with improv skills?
1: Um, I mean, I think I personally always am. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that the weighting I would give it it's the same weighting that a director would. Um, And so I have to, you know, one has to be aware of one's own predilections and preferences. But I think even though it was less, it was less important to Walker. I think it, for me, my sense of an actor is, is affected by my sense of their ability to improvise because even if there's no quote unquote improv in the show, you know, there's a lot of times where yeah. the improvisation colors just the work itself, even off the script.
0: Yeah. You're right, you're right. There's a lot there's a lot in there. It's part of acting, it's part of the the fabric of acting. So uh You could say that yeah, again. Man, yeah, man, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Now uh, what's been the reception of the film so far from fans?
1: Well, I think most people have liked it. Um, we, we had, um, I don't know, I think, <laughs> I think somebody along the line must have been mad at us because we did have one review that was a very trollish review that just sort of was making random negations. And I think it's because somebody, you know, the way they think people troll on Facebook, et cetera, because otherwise everybody seems to have liked it. Some loved it, some just liked it. But it got, uh, it won a lot of festivals. Uh, it got into a lot of festivals that are hard to get into. It, it premiered. Its it premiere screening um, was uh, in the March to Film at uh, Cannes. So, I mean, you know, we 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 got a pretty good reception. In many cases, great, um, except for that one stinker. But I say that because I know people out there might be, you know, when you're making a film, you you can get really worried about what if somebody says one thing or something and i I felt like maybe somebody might feel comforted to know that yeah you know no matter what you do you can get a troll but it doesn't matter because what the heck does anybody care what the troll thinks if the movie did well it can you know
0: what i mean (laughs) yeah there you go wow that's pretty amazing so i assume that you you actually were able to fly over there
1: well, I didn't. I was previously obliged, so I couldn't go. But I know Walker went. Uh, Gabriel, one of the EPs, went. Uh, I I think Cregan and Glenn went. So several of us were there, uh, and it was apparently a really good time.
0: Yeah, that, that's a beautiful part of the world. That's, that's a beautiful part of the world. So why did Walker choose a Shakespeare angle? I mean, he's um he
1: studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. So I okay. think I think he loves Shakespeare and you know, I think when you love Shakespeare, you find him in everything. And I think that in other words, it was inevitable that he would write a story um that would have Shakespeare in it. Uh, his previous uh-huh. movie, *The Gunfight at La Mesa*, obviously was your standard western. One could argue that there's Shakespearean themes even in westerns, you know. But a direct, a direct connection like this, I think it was just the inevitable thing to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a very fascinating concept. It's sort of part uh, mystery, part science fiction, part fantasy, and uh, it's there's a lot of a lot of different beats in this film.
1: Yeah, thanks. We feel that way. Um, it's even got, in a funny way, it's got a, a bit of a soap opera twinge and some some sort of soap opera comedy. and some dark comedy in there, um, but again, that kind of harkens back to Shakespeare. You know what I mean? He'll have a a story with horrible murder and betrayal, and there's humor going on right in the middle of it. So yeah, it was it was it was really fun to to work on it because of the layers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, even though it's Shakespearean, it does seem to be a bit of a, a family film. I know it had a had a family-friendly uh, rating, so talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, we were really pleased that the Dove Foundation gave us their thumbs up because... <clears throat> Uh, Walker and I and everybody pretty much involved in the film are all sort of – I don't want to say it as a blanket statement, but I think our general orientation is that
0: there's a lot of
1: stuff out there uh, these days that is just gratuitously and unnecessarily um, over the top with violence and sex and bad language. And I'm not saying that in a scene that requires violence or sex – bad language, that that's not appropriate. Of course, if it's appropriate, that's one thing. But I guess we all kind of felt that it's it's really not appropriate as often as many filmmakers seem to think. And without getting into any kind of judgment of them for doing it, we just wanted to do something that you know, uh, Walker has a, a son and um, a lot of people in the film have children, or we have nephews and cousins, etc. And we would want everybody in the family to be able to watch the movie. And on another level, it's good for box office cuz the more people who could go might go, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a way to look at it. So, uh is there any chance there'll be a sequel?
1: Well, you know, it's a good question. Um as, as you know, uh, I don't want to give away any uh, you know, any, any any clues that would Spoiler, I didn't give a spoiler away or anything, but the way it ends, it, it kind of leaves itself open. And the idea is that we would like to do that at some point, and uh, we just have not coalesced yet as to what or when. But it is uh, something that is stirring around in the background. I, I, I personally think it could turn into into three, but I, I don't know. I think once you start going past the the first sequel... You can get into trouble, and we haven't even
0: gotten that one done yet. So I won't get ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that—that that, you know—it's hard—it's hard for the sequel to surpass the the original. It's very hard. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think that's kind of why there's been no rush. I mean, you don't want to wait too long, but at the same time, um, just you know, let it happen in its own time, and and and. You have a better chance at getting what you want to have a bang-up sequel as opposed to just getting a sequel because you want to have a sequel and then you feel like, you know,
0: yeah.
1: oh, geez, that was flat. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so let's we'll talk give, about I don't, in front of yeah. oh, sure.
1: oh, I, was just, I don't want to give away any any secrets about what the sequel might contain, but there has been talk about one.
0: Let's talk about in front of the camera. So um, I know Walker was in front of the camera as a character, uh, Judge Vaughn, and then you actually had a dual role. role. So talk about uh, some of uh, the challenges of, you know, you, you're you're part of production, but you're part of the – in front of the camera as well. Talk about those challenges.
1: Yeah, it was an interesting gig because I started off uh, – as the casting director, but when I was hired as the casting director, he also said, I have a role in it for you too. I guess it was to sweeten the pot, you know? And so I had both roles from the beginning, but the good thing was I didn't have to worry about there being any conflict of interest because, you know, the role that he had written, it it was a small role. So it had some really nice points in the movie, but it wasn't crucial to, you know the, uh, a lot of the major plot points, so it wouldn't put me in a bad position because you don't want to have you don't want to feel like or have people feel like you're conflicted where where there you know roles could be concerned. But then there was also the dynamic of producing because I I came I came onto the producer role also about a third of the way into the shoot, so I was wearing literally three hats, <clears throat> and then I would wear a fourth because. Some of the people that would come on set when they were some of the name folks, I would sort of end up handling them because we needed a handler. Um, But they wanted it to be somebody who really, you didn't want to just put them off in a room with somebody that they had never met before uh, or who wasn't able to really take care of them properly. So I ended up sort of having four roles and and I enjoyed every minute of it because I loved all the people. But as far as the challenges of going from behind to in front of, um, For me, honestly, the only challenge is just the stress of keeping track of it all. You know, when you're doing a lot of things at once and they all have a lot of weight on them and they're happening in the moment, it's just very stressful. And the stress in and of itself isn't the problem. I love the stress of making more movies than less, right, or than fewer. But the real problem is just that when you're in that kind of a high-key situation, sometimes it can affect your ability to relax into the work and so that's I just was fighting against that but it didn't happen I, I, I felt like because I love the work so much all I have to do is just shake off that stress and then dive in because I just love it so much and so I had a blast um, but it was kind of funny to be you know doing my scenes and then once they're done I'm running off picking up a clipboard and <laughs> handling the panic du jour you know <laughs> Yeah, Walker. Walker yeah, had the worst goes. of it because he was the director. I mean, so Walker was really feeling. He was one of the producers. He had written the story that then Cleve screenplayed, and he was the star and director. So if anybody had had uh, had uh, multiple hats dressed, that was
0: Walker. <laughs> wow Wow So you actually had a uh, Stephanie uh, Zimbalist in the film. So talk a little bit about her role.
1: Well, she basically plays the queen in Hamlet. It's, a, it's, it's, it's sort of an enlarged cameo. And she's in the scene where um, the poison that's uh, intended for Hamlet, she drinks unwittingly. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it gets to Hamlet anyway. But the, the point is she basically has a scene where she's, you know, dying. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's small uh, and, but big. Uh, at the same time, and, and you know, the, the, the preceding steps that lead up to that. Uh, but she, you know, she's a seasoned stage actress. She studied at Juilliard. Um, you know, she's the daughter of Ephraim Zimblis. So, uh, she's been in the business in one way or another her whole life. Uh, she studied at Juilliard. She studied with Robin Williams. She's a font of amazing stories and experience. And so, you know, everybody knows her from Remington Steel, but my God, she was on countless TV shows and, and stage productions, and she still does theater today, uh, even just you know local equity shows. In, in California, she loves the work, and people who love their work like that, they just infect you with a joy not only for the work but for life, and that's how it was to be with her on set. She was there for basically the better part of a whole day. And uh, I got to spend uh, that whole day with her and it was just wonderful. I mean, she's just, one of the nicest people I've seen her a bunch since then. We, you know, we, a lot of us, we kind of knew people who knew each other, but a lot of us really got even closer on, on set. And um, we had, we just, she's a beautiful person. And I mean, it was just a privilege to work with her.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So, um, so, how would you advertise this film? What would you say about it if, if you were in an elevator and saw somebody was conversation struck up and you had to describe it and 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 sell it? What would you say?
1: Let's see. Um, I'd say famous people and soon-to-be famous unknowns tell you a story involving Shakespeare. Sci-fi, murder, uh, topical issues of the day in a way that you don't expect and will enjoy from beat to beat. I think that would be my my brief synopsis, yeah. And it's a hell of a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. So, yeah. So, that, uh, make a left turn a little bit to your career. I know you've got uh, God Tech uh, filming uh, right now. What's, what's up with that?
1: Yeah. Well, I, um, it's a British company that's making the film. And um, I met the, the writer uh, who basically wrote the God Tech novel years ago. Uh, It's a fascinating story, uh, his life and and just who he is. His name is David John Jeffrey, and uh, it's it's a story he wrote, uh, and then he decided later to make it into a movie, and we met in the process of pre-production, basically, for the movie. Um, And initially, my role in the film has changed because, as often happens, There was a whole lot of buildup and then a funding source change and also a budget increase, which basically – and some other factors, which paused the movie for a while. And during the pause, of course, you know, when a project's underway, over time, just timing, some people just – they can't always go there. But then if something changes, they can't be there for the change date or the change schedule. So there were lots of changes. So initially I was going to be one character, but then later it changed into me being another character. And so the, the, the second character is a much, much larger character. Uh, basically, <laughs> I, I went from playing a henchman of the ultimate bad guy to being the ultimate bad guy. And the story is about uh, it's it's a, a biblically themed story. David and I are both, you know, Christians. We go to church, and uh, we we just feel kind of a calling to have something in our lives that that speaks to the larger issues, not just the things of our heart and our flesh, which we have plenty of. So, you know, uh, it's a story about basically what happens in this in, in a supposed time of an antichrist that takes over the world, and people are struggling with how they deal with that. And so, in in the initial Uh, version I was going to play one of the generals uh, who worked under the evil antichrist overlord but then it changed that now (laughs) I'm apparently going to be playing the evil antichrist overlord which I really wouldn't do if I felt that it was glorifying the guy but it's not it's it's showing him in the light that he should be shown in and I feel it kind of shows a light into how lots of times people who are really frightening make you feel comfortable and they shouldn't and it helps to 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 see that you know so that's a mouthful but that's what's going on but it's 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 a really kind of an intense story obviously um and multiple layers of subplots i mean aside from the religious aspect it's just a it's a really fascinating thrilling story anyway anybody anybody could like it even if they had a completely non-belief system it's still a fascinating and exciting story but then been a process
0: <laughs> wow wow and to take a uh another left turn i'm looking at uh some of the cast members of that film there's this guy he looks like he's gonna gonna make it big this guy magnus Dugdale. what you know about him magnus Dugdale. Yeah, yeah. It looks like he's uh, one of the actors, and God, uh, He has quite a
1: quite a cast. I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to remember. He's because the thing is, that I don't do the casting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the casting on that one. So um, in a lot of the people, some of them I've met, but a lot of them I haven't met yet because they're all British actors. Um, yeah. So, but. He, I believe, is one of the newer additions because of one of those cast change problems, the phenomenon that took place during the delay. Um, and so, you know, there's a, that's a whole other issue because then you have to reshoot scenes with people that no longer can be in the subsequent part because of other commitments. And so there's been a lot of shuffling. Uh, and so I, I believe he's one of the replacements for the other people. And then the scenes that I shoot have not been shot yet. So I haven't had the occasion to interact with him yet, but he is, um, I'm pretty sure one of the newer lineup, but I think David, the the director is very happy with the new lineup more so than the previous one. I think as things evolve, you know what I mean? You, you, you love where you are and who you're with when you're there with them. But as time goes on, uh, you know, you 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 find that you like where you are just as much or better than you were before. So it, I think it worked out well that way. He's he's. Um, I'm not. I'm, if I'm if I'm not mistaken,
0: he's the he's the protagonist,
1: the, the one that I'm bothering the yeah.
0: most. <laughs> yeah, Captain Scott. Yeah, you got Captain Scott. You got Frank Fraser Hines, Brooke Norbury. Uh, William Kaffenberger is God. he has got quite a cast there. Well, i some of just look some at of the, Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like quite a cast here, man. Yeah. From all over well, and, it looks like.
1: Yeah, well, and some of the things on IMDb haven't been changed yet because all this stuff that the sweeping stuff that just finished being changed just happened. So some of the names right. too are, are out of sync because I'm still I believe I'm still listed as Commander Frank. Um
0: Yeah. But yeah, there was
1: a on a side kind of a funny note. Um it's probably just as well, but there was one actress who was in the movie and I really had a crush on her, so I was really hoping I'd get to meet her, but then she left the class and no, I don't get to meet her. Tough, tough luck <laughs> for me, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was probably for the best. Okay, so, Rob, we're getting near the end here. Okay. Um, Oh, one more time, put out there where people can see the film. Yes, uh, you can see it. uh, There's
1: there's actually quite a few places you can see it, but right now you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime uh, as part of your membership there. If you're not a Prime member, you can check it out uh, for a little bit longer on – there's a a, a streaming app called Tubi, T-U-B-I. Um, And then a lot of us have them linked on our websites. I'm pretty sure Barbara Niven has them linked on her website, um, which, by the way, anytime you get to see Barbara in anything, you should, because she's just a phenomenal human being. Uh, Being able to work with her is just beyond description. I've taken classes with her. I've worked with her. I've been friends with her. And in every case, you you can't go wrong. If you see a movie with Barbara Niven in it or Stephanie – with Don LaPrino, I mean, anybody in this cast, you see them, you're going to love them. But anyway, I believe there's a link on her page. Uh, there's a link on Facebook to Hamlet's Ghost that can direct you and then to, to various places to watch it. But for now, it's free on Prime while it
0: lasts. That's great. That's great. Okay, Rob, well, I really enjoyed this conversation. and definitely have you on again. And, uh, man, break legs and all your projects.
1: I really appreciate it, and you as well. It was great to be here, and uh, uh, anything new comes up, uh, maybe we'll, I'd love to come on and tell you about that as well. And awesome. listen, awesome. Okay, everybody man, who hey, watches, yeah, put the, put the reviews up on the website, because the more reviews we get, the more they might keep it on the free. I mean, we don't want to make money from the movie, but we want to get everybody to see it. So the more people who watch it and review it, it tells the distributors, hey, people are watching it, keep it out there for them. And that'll be, you know, the more people can catch it and enjoy it and have a good time.
0: That's right. That's right. I second that motion. (laughs) All right. Okay, Rob. All right, man. Have a great night, man.
1: All right, buddy. Have fun being the king of DC, media.
0: All right. There you go. (laughs) All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, folks. As always, as I say every time at the end of the show, remember to continue to do something new for your career, day in, day out, every day. And remember, in all your projects, to break a leg. Good night.
1: Under the dark, you pass pacify me. Hold my breath Take me down I won't fight Beat of my heart You drum inside me Somewhere my
0: death Makes a sound No one can find out.